0: Bienvenidas a Raya Menea, y'all. My name is Vero Flores.
1: And I'm Miriam Soyla Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring in music from the
0: Latinx artists that we love, and this week we are just talking about the moment. You know, it's a new year, it's a lot of shit going on, and we just want to talk about all the different shit that's happening right now. And we're
1: starting with a track that Perez brought. yeah. So this is by Vicente Fernandez who passed away in December um, and it's called Un Millon de Primaveras. Let's take another listen. Solo falta un
2: millon de
1: primaveras. Después de eso ya no vuelvo a molestarte.
2: Oh no, no volveré a cantarte. Si te molesta, si te molesta. Te molesta el perro
3: que ladró
2: De alegría anunciando tu llegada Y me dices que ese perro está loco Que le ladra a la persona equivocada Yo te
3: digo por favor aguanta un poco
2: Ten paciencia no le des otra pedrada Oh no
3: so I
2: feel like
1: there's been a bunch of like big name deaths over the last like couple of months, you know, yeah. um, well, like Bell Hooks passed away, right? Right. She Joan did. Didion passed away. Betty White passed away. Right, um, right. Bob Saget, Bob Saget yesterday. died today, yesterday. Yeah. So and weird. He was so young. I know. Young. So I don't. I don't know. if it was. Are there really more deaths or, or just coincidence or whatever? But um, but Vincent passed away. I mean, he was 81, so he did die of um, complications from a fall that he had um Mm. but you know he was 81 years old and um so I wanted to like bring him to kind of acknowledge the the passing of this like very significant figure in Mexican music he was best known for his rancheras um I was not super familiar with him um because I really didn't have much exposure to Mexican music growing up but um Mm. it's you know this this he had a 50-year career um I found something on Wikipedia that said he sold more than 65 million records, recorded more than 80 albums, and more than 300 songs. Like, that's a powerhouse, wow. you know? Yeah. So, it's pretty incredible. I mean, he had a long-ass career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, his most famous song, the one that kind of, like, made him famous, was f- 1972, called Volver, Volver, which I read that he asked for it to be played at his funeral. Like, they they had, like, a whole sort of musical section i think of his music and he asked for that song to be last Um, and it's been covered a ton of times by different people Um, another interesting or sad thing about i found out about him is that in 1998 his eldest son was um, kidnapped by a narcotraficante group and um, kept for a few months and um he eventually vicente fernandez decided like not to involve the police for whatever reason maybe because he didn't think it would be effective or they might kill his son and so he ended up giving them three point eight million dollars as like a ransom. Um mm-hmm. and his son his son was returned but missing a couple of fingers, which I guess was Damn. like the d- trademark of this particular Narco group. Yeah. Oof, man. That's intense. <sighs> yeah, intense, right? That was his eldest son. Um and then when he when he passed away, we like talked about this because a few people were, were acknowledging, like, okay, yeah, people were sort of like honoring his legacy and talking about them the sort of Role that his music had played in their life and their childhood, and then he's also very well known for like a very homophobic remark. Um, that he made, um, I don't know, I don't have the year written down, but sometime in the last like I would say 20 years when he was really sick, um, with something it had to do with his liver, he rejected a liver, transplant and oh, it's quoted was super recent. I think, super recent, okay,
0: yeah, I remember it being a thing on Twitter, so like definitely the last like five, I'm gonna say, okay.
1: Well, what he died of complications from a fall that he had, so it wasn't anything to do with his liver. But um, yeah, he said, quote, and I mean, this must have been in Spanish, but the quote uh, that I found on Wikipedia was, he did not want to sleep with his wife while having the liver of another man who could have been a homosexual or a drug user.
0: I know it's like <laughs> not okay, <laughs> but I just find that so funny. I know. I kind of like find you it didn't up, want too. a gay liver. That's yeah. like hilarious to me. It's like, okay, girl, you should die then. You know, right. like I don't know what to tell right. you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the fact that it was about sleeping with his wife with the with the liver, like, what does it have to do with sex? Like, what is what? Like, very strange. Yeah, very strange. So I don't, I don't really know. Um, so I don't. I mean, so you know, I feel like. Yes, he said a homophobic thing. Is he a homophobe more broadly? I don't know. We don't have, I don't have any other evidence of um, his homophobia, but that's kind of like a famous thing that he's known for. Um, other things I found out about him that were somewhat controversial. So he actually sang at the 2000 Republican National Convention, which is kind of cringy because that would have been Bush C- Jr. Mm. Right? Because cause 2000 was Bush v. Gore, Oof. right? Not a great... 2000 Yeah, was yeah, Bush v. Gore. Was, that was... Yeah. Not, not a Daddy great Bush, person, yeah. G- Bush Jr. Not a great person to support. But then, for some reason, he flipped in 2016 and was very anti-Trump and like all the shit that Trump said about Mexicans, and he supported Hillary for president. So, did he become a liberal? Was it just because Trump was so bad? Can't stop it. But Hillary t- actually tweeted something about his death also and said he was a good man. Um, and wow. then, yeah. And then there's also a bunch of allegations about of sexual assault and infidelity. A couple, like two allegations of sexual assault, one involving like putting his hand on the breast of a fan he was taking a picture with. Um, and the other one, someone alleged something that happened like many, many years ago, but didn't come out for many reasons. And then, yeah, there's some infidelity people coming out and saying like, you're, this baby is yours and stuff and him denying all of it. So it's a little bit of like the controversy behind him. Yikes. <laughs> so you were, <laughs> you were familiar with his music, right, Vito?
0: I definitely was, yeah. I feel like it was just, I don't know, just like everywhere. I don't know. He he was just like huge, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. He has a beautiful voice, for sure. I mean, I can understand. his voice is incredible. Yeah, why he had such a long career. He was Mm -hmm.
0: like a legend for a reason. Yeah, Even if he would rather die than have a gay liver.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, like the fact that he assumed it would be the liver of the other man, like are organ donations gendered? Like, can you only have a male li- li- liver from I a man? I don't think you even know. I don't think it matters. I mean, it would matter if it was like a a sex organ, but like,
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. I don't so know. There's it's a lot. I have a wild. lot of questions.
1: Yeah, no, I know it doesn't matter actually, because I have a. F- I know somebody who might be getting a a liver donation from her brother. So yeah, it doesn't. Gender doesn't matter. So anyway, a lot of like just like machista assumptions going on in that sentence. <laughs> um. So the other thing this made me think about, which you and I were talking about when we were preparing for this episode is that I want to like, I have like a bone to pick with the sort of culture of mourning where people um, react to the death of like a younger person, like bell hooks. Like that's a tragedy. She died in her fifties. Like that woman had like so much more to do and to give versus like, the death of Betty White being a tragedy who is 99 fucking years old. And I feel like sometimes the way people respond to both those things is with the similar kind of like devastation. And I feel like it's not, it doesn't make sense. Like it's totally appropriate to like celebrate and mourn and be sad, you know, when someone dies, but like she lived a whole fucking life. She was 99. Uh, like, yeah, everyone dies at some point, you well, know? Yeah.
0: I, I generally don't have a ton of like, I don't know, like, I feel like it's not that it's never happened to me before, but it's been surprising and um, f- few and far between when it does that, like, the death of a celebrity is, like, a big, you know, like, f- affects me in a big way, you know? But um, so I feel like, I don't know, maybe to others it feels different. But, yeah, I feel it's like, okay, Betty White was, like, 99. It's not like she died, like, destitute and uncredited for her work. No. Like, she was, like... W- widely beloved and her work was like widely acknowledged and known about and she was you know lived a lovely life and yeah at some point yeah. had to go
1: yeah do you just like want all of your favorite people to just be around forever so that you don't have to feel sad about them being gone like
0: what yeah is it, I don't know I mean you know? I you can be sad about something that you know is coming and should coming. But yeah. what's interesting is that particularly with Betty White this year, people were like, no, 2021, fuck I you, I can't believe you also <laughs> took Betty White. It's like, brush, she was 19, she was like 99 years old. Yeah. 2021 had nothing to do with it.
1: Yeah, we can't treat every death as a tragedy, you know, like, it just feels out of proportion. And then... Yeah, it's just this feeling of like, oh my God, who died now? But it's like, everyone is going to die. I mean, you know, Vicente Fernandez was 81. Like, it's a little bit gray. Like, when do you decide, you know, what's the age at which it feels like, okay, they lived a whole life? Like, it's not really for us to decide, but I do think that you should treat, yeah, the tragic death of a young person very differently than you treat the death of an elder, you know, because we all, we're all headed in that direction. So, yeah, I didn't see people...
0: I feel like it's, like, I understand that, like, you know, you get to be sad about something that is, like, normal and, you know, is coming and is expected. Like, that's, right. you know, I, I believe that. Yeah. But don't but, act
1: like it's a tragedy.
4: Yeah.
0: I mean, if it's not, like, your family member, like, I feel like it can be a tragedy. If, like, like when the, the day that my mother dies, even if she's, like, 105, it will be a tragedy for me. Mm. You know?
1: Yeah. yeah. But
0: Betty White's not my mother.
1: yeah I mean I get you I don't know I think this connects a little bit to something you're gonna bring up later about sort of like the way that we talk about like this collective moment and I just think that there are a lot of legitimately like horrible things happening all of the time and Betty White dying at 99 is not one of them you know and so when people (laughs) talk about it at the same level that they talk about you know the fucking 100,000 people who die of coronavirus every day in the United States like come on you know that's the thing that I feel and maybe it's because like there's a lot of gays like talking about Betty White's death and they're dramatic or something, or maybe it's like the people I follow on TikTok. But I just mm. I feel like we've got to distinguish between, yeah, what is just like a normal sad event, which is an elder passing away, and like a tragedy of a young person dying or someone dying in a a tragic way. So that's my PSA about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what's your first pick for this? Set? episode.
0: My first pick is um just about winter and my winter mood and it's not really the lyrics but it's sort of how I listen to music and this is Run and it's called Know You. Hello. winter where we are in the northern hemisphere and I just always get like slower and more experimental with my music in winter it just feels like you know everything freezes and time stops a little bit um so you know I don't want to leave my house and I'm just focusing on slower things so that music feels more like the mood and this um sort of this vibe is really um, fits in with that for me. So um, this is Kalman Duran is a um, Dominican producer and DJ and um, I love he makes a lot of like beautiful experimental music and other kinds of music too but I, um, I'm a fan. And so this is a project from like 2019. I think it's not new, but it's one of my favorites of his. And I was just feeling this kind of like slower mood. So I have been listening to this and, um, yeah, I have a few people in Buenos Aires, you know, some family Mm -hmm. that migrated there and I've been like watching them on Instagram having their summer because it's summer over there right now. Yeah. And I'm just so jealous, even though I like literally was on the beach in Miami like a week ago, you know, Mm -hmm. so, (laughs) you know, here we are. Yeah. It is. uh, There was a high of 30 degrees in New York today. So,
1: yeah. Well, you missed this because you were in Miami, but like a week ago or like a week and a half ago, it was like 70 degrees and weird, like christmas time and like the few days after were very very warm and strange and so i know
0: it got cold like specifically for my return like it started to get like (laughs) rick ass in new
1: york like two days before i came back um so i was really relieved when it's it's snowing in dc too or it snowed in dc and it got like it's like seasonally appropriate weather because i get really freaked out when it's 70 degrees in december you know from like a climate change perspective so yeah
0: i get like creeped up but i like it still yeah i have trouble <laughs> like i know it it's so not right out. but like i really prefer it <laughs> you know not yeah. that like i don't prefer that it happens i would prefer that we like stop the cataclysmic destruction of our planet and you know if that results in me being cold a few more days like that's eminently doable but um you know <laughs> when it's 70 degrees I can't say that I'm mad at it yeah. like I'm, I'm like ooh, this is wrong but let's go outside
1: <laughs> but like on top of like on top of seasonal appropriateness there's also this feeling of wanting to um I like the seasons and so if you like if climate change one of the things it does it's sort of like Erases the transitional seasons a little bit, you know, so they blend together. So it's like, I want, I like winter weather because it's a short couple of months season, and then I like spring weather, and I like summer weather, and I like fall weather. So I'm just, I like seasons. Yeah,
0: I cannot say that I am with you, but I'm glad somebody likes it. Yeah. If it was summer all year long, I would be perfectly right. okay with that, which is probably because that's what I grew up
1: with. Right, right, right. But you could have that and you choose not to.
0: I could. You know, when I was in Miami, I my I have so much family there now um, because so many people have migrated in the last five years um, from Venezuela. And I have some folks in South Florida and they were just like, why don't you move to Miami? Like, you're just like, you're there all the time, you know, like, why aren't you just there? And I just feel like completely aghast. Like, how dare you suggest <laughs> that I would leave New York? <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. You
0: know, like, it's just mm-hmm. like... Miami is like a fun nice place but I'm not trying to live there and I am also like New York is like my love like one of my greatest loves of my life like I'm
4: Mm.
0: okay with being like a snowbird but I will not move so Mm -hmm. but my my relatives are very confused they're like wait you hate the cold I'm like yes I despise it it makes me miserable and they're like why are you there and I was like what do you mean why am I there because it's New York (laughs) Like, that's...
1: The only <laughs> city in the world. Bizarre to me. <laughs> did you did you like Joan Diddy? Did you read her writing? Because she kind of had a relationship um, no, with her. No, no,
0: I did not really read her writing. So I can't say that I liked her or disliked
1: her. Yeah, but she had a lot of um, writing about New York. Like, I think she felt similarly about New York. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now you're joining a whole, like, legacy of New York... New Yorker snowbirds you're not the first to <laughs> oh yeah to live yeah. this dual life between Florida and New York you and like many many generations of Jews and retirees yeah. and, I was like me and like, me and, like the New York City Jews yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah my cab driver the other day actually when I was coming back was um, you know born and raised in Brooklyn and um, he is and was like an elder like sort of like an elder dude and um, I think probably Jewish, and he was like talking about how he's like, you know, I'm getting at an age where a lot of my friends have moved down to Florida,
1: <laughs> and I was like, to Florida, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. it's a thing. But you know what? Why not have a bi-coastal life or a bi-not bi-coastal, but like multi-city life if you can, you know, like that's the one of the benefits of like remote work, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, like, super environmentally friendly, but.
1: Yeah, that's true. Here we are. Here we are.
0: ExxonMobil needs to step up before I do, I think.
1: (laughs) It would make more of an impact, yeah. Yeah. More of an impact. (laughs) What's next? What do you got for us? Yeah, so this song um, I fully picked just because of the title, and it's called No, No, No. And it's by Talia featuring Romeo Santos. <laughs> wow,
0: what a combo. Let's
2: take a <laughs> listen. I know. un <laughs> Es que tiren la primera piedra esta noche me arrodillo por tu amor. Perdón, te fallé y no fue esa mi intención. Por unas noches de aventura hay un dilema entre tú y yo. infiel, lentamente me consumo en el dolor. Que me parto rayos y te miento arrepentido. Aquella niña a la que ayer robaste un beso El arco iris que alumbraba mis mañanas Ha perdido su color Cuando se pierde la confianza de quien amas Ya no hay nada, no hay razón Por continuar esa novela Si el guión se trata de traición Perdón, ¿de qué? No me vas a convencer
1: so yeah, I feel like the title of the song is a little bit of the mood of 2022. Just no. Um, no, I feel like every day there's something else that I'm like, no, thank you. So, you know, new highly transmissible, <laughs> new highly transmissible variant. Even if you're vaccinated, no, thank you, ma'am. Another mm-hmm. new variant announced before the last variant has even peaked. Uh-uh. <laughs> the CDC becomes the butt of every lefty's meme. On instagram no 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 <laughs> just know that all, of it, huh? all of it all of it i mean my my mood for the year is not no but i just know there's going to be so many things that happen that are going to be like oh god no not that or you know the biden administration says something really fucked up about you know the fact that it's only affecting people with comorbidities are the only ones who are dying from omicron as if that's a good thing you know like just, just no. a little bareface eugenics oh my god just ableism out the fucking wazoo during a pandemic so yeah there's just a lot of no's the cd state thing i find like it was hard for me to find humor in all of the memes because i find it really um bad for the country if our only public health institution loses any credibility <laughs> and i don't think that i think that their guidances right now are really problematic and and like misguided but um it's hard for me to laugh because i'm like we're fucked y'all yeah it's
0: really truly unfunny i saw a tweet the other day my friend sent me a tweet that was like i would like the 75 percent return on the cost of my master's for public health (laughs) because of the devaluation this administration has caused (laughs) for the reputation of this field and i'm just like yeah i would also like some of my money back thank you
1: yeah so I know, I know humor is a way people cope and like, I appreciate, you know, people coping however they need to cope, but things like that, I'm just like, I can't get behind because I'm it's like, it's definitely like, very worrying. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not good y'all, you know? Um, cause if you lose credibility, it doesn't really matter if you're offering good guidance, you know, cause nobody believes you. So yeah, I think it's, there's a little bit about just like bracing myself for knowing that there's just going to be more difficult things to come. Like this pandemic is not over the strategy we're taking to approach managing it is really worrisome um you know there's just a lot i just have a lot of questions um and a lot of things that i know are going to be really challenging and so i'm not like dreading this year but i'm not like expecting i don't have high hopes for like what's to come sort of like politically um in the broader sense of like the world because we're in a really challenging time and there's you know pretty good evidence that things are going to continue to be challenging for a while so
0: when was the last time you had high hopes for politically in the
1: world? <laughs> I know exactly when. And it was 2008, the night Obama got elected. And we went and danced in the streets. And I will never feel that kind of joy and hope and excitement for a president ever again. <laughs>
0: I had like... That night I was like, I like shed a single tear and I was like, I know this is stupid and that he's like a middling, middle of the road president actually, but I was, you know, but I was happy. And then I was, you know, what happened ready to be disappointed. what we knew was going to happen.
1: But yeah. Just something. I mean, like, I don't think we're ever going to have that kind of historic. I think the first black president was like, was the... I don't know what the me- metaphor is, but I don't think any other like um, milestone that we pass, like the first woman president, the first Latino president, the first Asian president, like none of those are going to be as significant, I think as the first black president because of the history of this country. And yeah, so for sure, it, His political perspective aside, even just that in itself was, I mean, obviously if it had been like a black Republican, I don't think we would have been in the streets like like having a fucking drum circle. And I do think he, yeah, (laughs) no. And I do think he really inspired, I mean, whether he made good on his promises or not is definitely like super questionable, but I do think he, he inspired hope, you know, and he inspired sort of this like idea of something new. Um, and Biden does not inspire that (laughs) by any means. And I'm really yeah. disappointed actually, in the way that they're handling everything. It's not great. <sighs> I'm like, it's weird that it was under Trump that we got two thousand dollars and everything was closed, and we you know, like there was a bunch of things that happened at the beginning of the pandemic that seemed really liberal in, compared to this moment, where we're just focusing on keeping businesses open.
0: Yeah. It's <clears throat> a backlash to it for sure. You're right,
1: you're right, that's true. That's true. And yeah, his hands are tied by the stupid governor from West Virginia, too. All right, what's your next one?
0: So, my song is sort of like a little bit the opposite of your last song. It's called Hayao, and it's
3: by Ana Macho. Empezamos dando todo en la marquesina Ahora estoy fumando con mi novia en la piscina Estaba depravada, de atención, adrenalina Ser rica y famosa se volvió oh. mi medicina Ahora andamos alláo oh, Todo lo que yo voy está explotao oh, Yo soy una perra en todo lao Y la haberle volado Todo lo que yo suelto ha Yo soy una perra en todo lao andamos alláo Todo lo que yo voy está explotao Yo soy una perra en todo lao Y la haberle volado Todo lo que yo suelto ha Yo soy una perra en to' lao Ofenderte no fue mi intención, solo soy producto de mi generación. El farandule es vice profesión, y el que no me crea te lo puse en la canción. Ofenderte no fue mi intención, solo soy producto de mi generación. El farandule es bici profesión, y el que no me crea te lo puse en la canción. Ahora andamos allá. Explotao, yo soy una perra en todo lado la verde volado todo lo que yo suelto a pegado yo soy una perra en todo lado No estamos allá todo lo que hoy está prota yo soy una perra en todo lado la verde volado todo lo que yo suelto a pegado yo soy una perra en todo lado ájate dale ájate métete con un clote de karate ájate dale ájate atrevete como digo calle 13 ájate dale alláte so i brought this song well first
0: of all because i like it and i love Anamacho, macho big supporter of Anamacho, macho who is a non-binary puerto rican artist and um i also brought it because it's like about confidence and fun and honestly it's like my mood right now i know it's a very weird time but i just like I don't know. I refuse to exist in a perpetual state of dread. I'm just like Mm. quite incapable of doing it. I'm like, you know, not a super anxious person. I'm not super prone to like, you know, depression. So it's like, you know, like in some ways a privilege, but like, I also like, I don't know. People are like always mad at the year and people are already saying that 2022 is going to be horrible. Like also, and Mm -hmm. I just can't get down with it. Like, I saw this tweet about how instead of class consciousness,
1: we get mad at years (laughs) and that
0: feels like so on point for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hate that too. I think that's part of that. Like the thing that bothers me about these, like, yeah, these tragedy, tragedy moments around deaths that are not tragic, like a 99 year old dying. Um, And so. Yeah. What does it mean to try to like take the collective mood or like, yeah, assess a year. And I mean, I think we are in a unique moment in these last two years because we are all going through something collectively which is like yeah. really the case but it absolutely. affects everybody so differently um, absolutely and, and I yeah. mean
0: I do understand having a bad year like it's happened to me like on occasion and but it like seems like every year people are like wow well, yeah. that's the worst and like I wish I could blame COVID but it started before covid <laughs> yeah no
1: i remember 2019 i remember people being like oh this was a dumpster fire every year like goodbye 2019 <laughs> and then it was like oh fuck like, <laughs> you know so yeah yeah, yeah. i it, mean it seems a little bit like a setup because like when is a year when are we ever collectively gonna be like well that was a great year like collectively that like whole 2022 year. you know I don't it's know. a great year like we're never gonna say that because yeah. there's always going to be, like, difficult, tragic things that happen around the world, you know? So, it's a kind of a and strange... in our
4: lives. In like, our lives,
1: too. Like, a year yeah. is
0: such an arbitrary measure of time. I don't know. I the, the other thing is that I feel like I, like, believe strongly that I'm, like, responsible in creating my happiness within the circumstances that are given to me. And, like... I don't know, like I just like remember this brief horrible period where I was living in Massachusetts, no shade to anybody from there, but it was extremely not for me. And I like literally started running. But as I hate running, I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start running, though, because these endorphins need to come one motherfucking way or another. Like I cannot be this sad, you know, it's like not always successful, but I just like can't fucking wallow. And. I know that it's, like, hard to get yourself to do it and whatever. And so it's, like, I think that because of, like, that's how I am, it's, like, it feels hard sometimes when, like, people who I love are, like, struggling so hard to, like, do these things. And I'm just, like, I know that if you did this one thing, if you made a list and did these things and just trudged through it, it would be better. But yeah, it's not yeah. that easy. And I realize no. that for everybody, no. like, it's yeah. not that way, but... I think I just want to be happy and I yeah. feel like I'm going to be happy even if the year is shitty and I'm going to find a way.
1: You know that like, it's like a TikTok trend, but it's like my toxic trait is mm-hmm. have you Seen that. So I feel like this is like whatever's the opposite of a toxic trait. Like your healthiest trait, I feel like is this like your, your lack of willingness or ability to like wallow in existential dread, you know, even though you're kind of a nihilist, like, you, like, refuse to, like, live there, you know? Yeah. And I think that is, like, probably, like, one of the most resilient things about you, you know? It's sort of, like, your lack of anxiety and your unwillingness to sort of, yeah, wallow in a bad situation. You're just like, okay, let's do something different. Let's go fucking (laughs) running in Western Massachusetts or whatever it is, you know?
4: (laughs)
0: Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. Yeah,
1: you're welcome. Yeah, I mean...
0: We already know that this year is going to bring a lot of terrible shit, right? But, like, whatever (laughs) the fuck it is, like, you know, like, new variants, terrible mayors. Oh, my God. My new mayor is such a motherfucking bozo. But, like, whatever the fuck, like, I just, like, you know, just, yeah, get that dirt off your shoulder, girl. Like, I'm moving on. I'm, like intervening where I can finding my place where I am most effective to intervene and make things better and then like taking responsibility for making myself happy within that
1: I love that okay I have a question about the mayor situation did you like de Blasio no I feel like he was another sort of like Obama style figure he was like supposed to be this like definitely super progressive like big change for New York City and then everyone's like super disappointed by him yeah, he totally ran and
0: won because of like his stance on police reform. Like there was, he was not the, um, he was not really the front runner. Um, there was a woman who was Bloomberg's sort of pick um, mm-hmm. and protege to go next after him. And um, he's sort of – it was, like, a big upset when he won the primary. And it was so exciting because right. he was, like, really made police violence a priority and then, like, went on to pick these, like, dumb police commissioners, like, still didn't – like, very little about broken windows. It was – you know, it's very frustrating. And, um, you know, like, really a lot of, like, people of color that worked really hard on – stop and frisk and policing like are the ones responsible for
4: Mm -hmm.
0: were the ones responsible for like getting him his job and he just like you know did not would not um respond in the ways that we wanted i mean i think his legacy is mixed right he did some incredible things like yeah paid sick leave like there's like you know like there are like some really amazing things that he put in place especially early on in his term but um was a sort of frustrating figure generally yeah for sure
1: it's interesting because I think part of it is that we put too much stock in the leaders like the in their ability to like make these sweeping radical changes because like at the end of the day they're steering these like large institutions that are designed not to change radically you know like that there are all these checks and balances and then there's like all the people they have to be in relationship with the city council and blah, blah 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 and so sometimes I think it's oversimplified even with Obama to be like it was all him like he's the reason that certain things didn't happen. Um, And it's like, yeah, but also the conditions under which he was trying to make change are really, really difficult.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's probably true for de Blasio, too. I understand that. And I mean, I think the other thing about leaders is that like politicians, no politician will do something unless you make them do it, you know, like... And I think that that's my problem with the way that people think about policy in general. It's like we think that like if we can like lobby a few people, then we can make a change that's significant. And it's like no, like there's no change that's going to be like really shift the status quo unless you pressure, make somebody do it with people power. So which is hard. It's hard to do. So it's not just about electing the right people. It's about pushing them constantly. It's about them, yeah, then forcing them to do the fucking shit they said
1: they were going to (laughs) do. And this new mayor is, like, very, like, moderate Democrat. He was a cop. Yeah. Yep. He was a
0: cop. But although I do have to say one thing that I will give him credit for is the amazing portrait of his mother that he um, was holding (laughs) a a little, like, sometime this week somewhere. It's, like, one of those portraits where, like, your head is floating in, like, a brandy snifter. You know, that, like, genre (laughs) of portraits.
1: I love the word "snifter." It's such a weird word. It's a brandy snifter. <laughs> I know, just a weird word. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about, but I can picture it. It's outstanding. It's outstanding. Yeah. And his well, mom. Well, that's looks really great what at. you want. So your mayor shout out his mom. Eric Adams sucks,
0: <laughs> but his mom had taste in photographs.
1: It's really what you want from your mayor, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Man. Alright, um, my next song is called Diazepam and it's by Leva and Natalia Laforcade. Let's take a listen.
2: Cuando despierto y el agua me cubre hasta la mitad Dormir y descubro que sigo abrazado a la nada. Tengo un instante de calma y un billete a la capital. Te podrías apuntar, me he quedado pensando a los pies de la cama. Si me observaras por un agujerito,
1: te darías
2: la vuelta. Pero eso nunca pasa Me imaginas abriendo las alas Mareando detrás De los brazos de alguna cualquiera Ya había venido a salvarte Tú no necesitas que nadie te salve Ya no había nadie al
1: volante Solo necesito un plan All right, so yeah. I don't know how many people knew this, but somehow I knew to Google diazepam when I saw this song because it's another name for Valium, and I've never taken Valium, um, but I happen to to have that in my head. Um, it's a benzo that's often prescribed for anxiety. You know, I feel like Valium itself is like in the cultural lexicon quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So it made me think of this time and just like the challenges of mental health in this time and like the amount of anxiety people have because of you know, very legitimate things like the pandemic. Um, and so I was like, I was, I love Natalia Lafourcade, and I was listening through her catalog on Spotify this weekend and this song came up and, um, and it made me think of this episode. Leva is a Spanish singer from Madrid. And so that the lyrics don't seem to have anything to do with Valiant. And they seem, it's like a song about love. But when I, um, Googled it, um, I found an article in a Spanish publication where he did talk about, Leva talked about wanting to use the song to bring awareness to the overuse of this drug. But he also said, no recomiendo el uso, um, pero en algunos momentos me ha salvado de un susto. that rhymes. Um, So it's a little bit contradictory. He's like, I don't recommend the use of it, but it has like saved me in like panic attack moments. So, Hmm. complicado. But I mean, I do think this is a moment, this is a time where like, figuring out how to manage your mental well-being is like critical even more so than in other times because there's so many triggers like there's just so many things that we're going to continue to face that are extremely triggering and challenges and people are losing family members and climate stuff and so um in order to live like a decent life you know, you have to figure out how to manage your mental health. And for some people, it means medication. And for other people, it looks a lot of different ways, like running or whatever. And obviously, there are systemic failures that lead to people's uh, mental health issues. So, But unfortunately, in this moment, like, you have more control over yourself as an individual than we do over the system right now. So that's kind of just made me think of this moment. Um, and yeah, managing my – figure out how to manage my anxiety has been, like, a huge um, – sort of success of the last couple of years for me. And like, I'm happy to say like, I'm in a much, much better place. And so it's like, I can still relate to what's going on. Like, I know what's going on. I'm not like shutting it out, but it doesn't like affect me in the same way. Um, like I understand it intellectually, but it doesn't like trigger my body to have a response. Like I used to not be able to read the New York times. Like it would just, I was too anxiety provoking. And now like I can read a newspaper and not like lose it, you know, which I feel like is a real, um, testament to like how I figure out how to manage my anxiety and um I think that's kind of the difference between like an anxiety disorder and like a normal human who just engages with what's going on like it shouldn't you know it should you should be alarmed but it shouldn't like put you into fight or flight unless you know you're actually it's a threat coming to you more immediately not just like the idea of a threat so I'm really grateful yeah. for my own tools. Yeah,
0: and I mean, there's also so much stigma around taking meds for mental yeah. health, which mm-hmm. is wildly unnecessary and something we need to chip away at for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, there's nothing wrong with taking meds, and like, yeah, I do think we have a problem. Like, there are problems with overuse, but that's also, I think, points more to like the the ways the systemic issues are not being addressed. And so people have to address them in the individual way, and that you know pharmaceutical companies are powerful entities. So, um, but yeah, the song itself I like, and it reminded me of Basilos a little bit—the um, <laughs> like singy songness of it, and uh, just yeah, I don't know the mood. So apparently the two of them, I don't follow. We don't. I mean, we for the show don't follow Spanish singers, and I don't follow them on my own really. Um, but apparently, these two have been talking about doing a collaboration for a really long time, and so this was like a, apparently a long time coming. Um, but yeah, she still remains one of my favorite singers, and like I recommend her catalog as like background music if you're just hanging out. It's actually quite nice, <laughs> and in like <laughs> relatively diverse, but like chill, nice. All right, Boo, what's your last song for this episode?
0: My last song is by Taishi, and it's called Go Slow.
4: I wanna hear the fuck And I'm close
0: She is a Colombian artist, and this is one of my favorites. I think I've brought it on the show before in the past, possibly a while ago. Um, But it's sort of a combination of, like, my last two songs, right? Like, I feel like it's, like, on that, like, slower, chill uh, mood. And um, also, like, part of, for me, creating my own happiness is taking it slow, like, I, a lot of times, know what it is that I need to do to, like, be happy or be happier or more satisfied in how I'm living my life. And I still just don't do it for whatever reason, you know? Mm -hmm. And I try to tell myself to go slow, right? Um, There's this one meme that I really love where um, (laughs) this somebody's like, I'm unhappy. And they, it's this woman like very dramatically holding her hand to her forehead. And there's a hand holding out a horn, a sword that's like, here, <laughs> here's gradual, slow change over a long period of time. <laughs> and the woman's like, no, thank you. I was looking for something more dramatic than that, <laughs> you know? And wow. sometimes I feel like that, but Yeah. Um, you know going slow is the key I think to all of it it's winter it's it's wild things are hard make a list to be cool with not doing a lot
1: take it slow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I saw something we were telling about how because of capitalism like what you do will never be enough you know there's like no um, point where your productivity is enough for the capitalist system and so giving up on that idea of doing enough, you know, um, and just actually, you know, investing and taking care of yourself and like letting what, what you're able to accomplish be enough, you know, not judging yourself based on, um, your productivity, which is what capitalism Mm -hmm. like wants you to do. Right. Um, and it's a losing battle. Like it's a losing battle for us. (laughs) You know, we're not the winners in that game. Yeah. So I appreciate this.
0: Well, thanks so much for
1: listening, y'all.
0: As always, all of the songs that we talked about on the show are going to be in the show notes. So take a look at it all there.
1: You can check out um, us on Instagram and Twitter. We also have a newsletter. All those links are in the show notes as well. Shout out to Maite from Cabronas y Chingonas who edits our podcast. Thank you, Maite. And we're happy to be back, y'all. We are back now for a good minute. Thanks for
0: hanging in while well, we took some time to rest. We hope that you got some rest or family time, or at least hopefully stayed well and or recovered. <laughs> I feel like everybody was <laughs> sick. But I hope y'all made it out um fairly okay. Hasta la próxima. <laughs>
2: Solo falta un millón de primaveras Después de eso ya no vuelvo a molestarte Oh no, no volveré a cantarte Si te molesta, si te molesta Si te molesta, si te molesta